Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Boom. All I got is missed calls on my line, yeah. Never seen a pick up right on time, yeah. If I don't call back, leave me alone. Please leave a message at the tone. All I got is missed calls on my line, yeah. Never seen a pick up right on time, yeah. If I don't call back, leave me alone. Please leave a message at the tone, yeah, yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome into episode 138 of the Miss Call podcast. This is Cubwood, and always beside me is Mr. John. Oh, oh, I mean, Sauce John Stockton Sartori. He finally has a John Stockton jersey on. I apologize to the fans out there that are wondering where's my Carl Malone jersey. It's not gonna happen. That guy likes yeah. kids. He is a pedophile. Yeah, um, it's this jersey is from China as fuck. Uh, but it's wow. still kind of cool. It's got the the old oh shit, it's over here. The old school Adidas logo on it, so I kind of fucks with it. But um, but yeah, I finally made the purchase because I am the John Stockton. How many assists uh, have you given out in the last year? None, it's been huh? tough with the pandemic. <laughs> it's been tough with the pandemic. It's affected all of us in different ways, Cubs. So please don't be a fucking asshole. Guy's been in um, a drought since last February. Well, in terms <laughs> of handing out assists, most definitely. Um, but oh, oh! So he's saying he's been scoring. Oh. Welcome to the final week oh. of Thick Athletes Month. <laughs> the final week of Thick Athletes Month, the third annual Thick Athletes Month, uh, and we've got a thick guest for you today, Pete Skaronski of Northwestern. Yeah, he's thick and he's smart. Um, Pete Skaronsky took over for Rayshon Slater at left tackle last year for Northwestern. Of course, Northwestern had a phenomenal year in college football, um, and we are very excited to have him on the show. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Before we get there, we're going to get to segments. And before we get to that, uh, make sure that you're following us on all social media, at Call Podcast. Uh, make sure that you get us on YouTube as well so you can see our beautiful faces or just you know, our faces, beauty is objective. We get it. We get it. We have a face for radio, you know. Be- beauty is objective. Yeah. Um, so maybe you think we're beautiful. Uh, shout older. out to Arlene. But um, let's get to the word of the day. Let's get to the word of the day. And then we'll get into the rest of the show. Cub, today's word of the day, this episode's word of the day is levity. I'm, levity. I'm, I'm here for it is a noun uh, that is, is silliness, lightness, lack of seriousness. So you might say that this podcast has levity. You might say, we have levity. Would you like to make levity today, Sauce? Some more than others have levity on this show. Uh, I, I am down to make levity with you. And then love? Let's make some levity, man. Are um, you? Are you? The unfortunate are, are you? thing... The, that's not your question to ask. The See, unfortunate, on you. the unfortunate thing uh, to start this show is that we're not going to be making a ton of levity. We're going to start with grinding our gears because this is far and away the most important thing that we're going to talk about today. Um, it's going to be one topic. We're both in the agreement that this is clearly the biggest thing that's grinding our gears. Um, it's Buckle March your Madness. Fucking seatbelts. Yeah, right. Uh, it's March Madness, and it's it's 
the favorite time of year for many sports fans. We know that uh, the March Madness format is maybe the greatest championship format that American sports has. Um, and it's obviously the men's tournament that gets a lot more attention than the women's tournament. And uh, it's been that way forever. Um, kind of something that it seems most people have accepted. But now I think that the lack of attention, the lack of love for women's basketball at the collegiate level has now leaked into the NCAA as well. And an organization that is supposed to be nonprofit and designed at giving its athletes the best experience it possibly can has in so many ways completely disrespected everything that the women's basketball programs of division one division two and division three which they didn't even have a tournament for uh stand for it's upsetting it's not right it's disrespectful is really what it is and we're going to jump into it so i think uh, where we should start is probably the weight room right like the thing that was most covered in the news yeah let's let's dive into the weight room which was basically for the women some spare free weights and yoga mats that someone probably pulled out of their basement and said, Oh, I got this in my basement. I can come bring it over. I got it in my garage. That was it. And they, and those weights probably went up to 25 pounds. It was, it was a pyramid of dumbbells that ranged from five to 30 pounds. My parents community gym has more weights than that. Yeah. My dad now, I don't mean to jump ahead. No, I won't do that. I won't do that. I won't, that'll, that'll mess up the format. You see, I'm saving the day by my dumbness. Anywho, now, I posted about it as soon as it came out. I saw it on Instagram. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet about it so people can see it. And someone tried to tell me that it was fake. Yeah. The person who took the photo works for Stanford. Is Stanford not in the, in the tournament this year? Oh, they are. They're in the tournament. Why, right. why, why would they have any other motive? And, and you said this yesterday, but it's sad that people are so quick to be like, that's fake. No way that's what it is. Instead of just thinking, oh, this is completely reasonable that the NCAA could completely disrespect women's sports. Just to draw the juxtaposition, and then I'll let you continue. Obviously, we know that the women had the, the pyramid of dumbbells and the, the stack of, of, of yoga mats. The men on the other side, if you haven't seen this yet, the men had a sprawling conference center filled with uh, – uh, squat racks with free weights with benches with anything that you could possibly want as a they college had LA athlete fitness to their just la fitness express is what yes. they had yes to their yeah i can't think of the word right now <laughs> at their disposal they had that, that that's at their the disposal. word i was thinking of but the, going back on the on the, someone saying it's fake like i thought about this yesterday when have, when has any women sport league women athlete ever posted about something that was fraudulent or like it was to get clicks. I've never, I've never seen that. I've never seen someone post something where I would think, Oh, that's women, women, athlete, women league. That's probably fraud. That's probably fraudulent because they're so professional. They have to be so professional because they get uh, discriminated against on every little thing they do. Like, Oh, Oh, they're, they're complaining about not having enough weights. Well, they're JV. Yeah. You ever heard of title nine? Yeah. I mean, title nine is a big thing that I I'm shocked that this, that this doesn't 
or didn't cross any of the lines with Title IX, right? Like you look at you look at the spending alone, like that's the type of stuff that Title IX is designed a to do. Billion dollars. Yeah, and, and you can't bill. sit and you can't sit and tell me that you know five hundred million dollars is perfectly allocated to both men's and women's sports. It's not. They don't even have the same um, logo. They have no logo for March Madness. They don't even use that term. That I'm I didn't I, I swear I read that they're not allowed to use that term. That that's interesting. I don't know that for certain, so I can't say don't yes or no. Don't fact check me on that. I swear I saw well, something related to it. You should fact check you on that just to make sure that you're right. Uh, but uh, I think outside of that, there was also the situation that unfolded at the same time that uh, was juxtaposing the men's like swag packs if you will like all the cool stuff that they got versus what the women got and and that was like the men got branded items that said march madness indianapolis and they got you know uh toiletries and 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 other things in there other goodies too i think there was a book in there and there was a bunch of stuff from the ncaa that was branded and that was useful and then you got to see what the women got and none of their stuff said March Madness. None of their stuff included the logo for the Final Four in San Antonio. None of their stuff had any of that. It was a, it was like a shirt, a sweat towel, and and some other miscellaneous things that just said women's basketball on the front, and then a bunch of toiletries. They got peanuts, whereas the men's teams got amenities. State. State. Right. So what I found puzzling was how they both got puzzles. The men's was like 500 pieces. The women's was 150. Like I didn't notice that, but someone that's Someone zoomed in. It's puzzling, Sauce. It's very oh, puzzling. Wordplay. Very puzzling. And then you move on to the last portion of it, which is, is just as troubling as the previous two things that we brought up. The lifeless and that's, food. And that's the meals. Like, you look at what the, guy, what the men's teams were getting. It was like flaming young. You had uh, some some steamed (laughs) broccoli, like you had good stuff to eat. And then you throw next to that a picture of what the women were getting to eat. And it was like Salisbury steak and TV dinners. They were getting kid cuisine meals. No joke kid cuisine meals. Not even trying to be a smart ass. They got kid cuisine meals. And I sent those pictures to my dad. My dad played... uh, Juco ball and other ball. Don't, don't, I don't remember. And he goes, I got treated better in Juco ball than they're getting treated. And they're division one athletes playing in the biggest event of their sport. They yeah. had the most lifeless. They didn't even get real eggs. If you really look at those eggs, they got, it's like styrofoam looking. Yeah. They got, they got like from a hospital cafeteria style. Eggs. Those That's eggs what they got. never came from an actual shell. Oh no, they came from a carton. They um, whipped <laughs> I don't even know that they whipped it. I think they just shook the carton and that, it was like, yeah, all right, that, we're ready that, to go. Yeah. Um and, and then of course you can look at like the the juxtaposition between the D2 uh stadiums and all of the the disparities there. But here's the point that I want to make, Cub. Cause we've we've talked to plenty of uh, women in sports on this podcast. And I think we do a pretty decent job of providing a platform for people who don't necessarily get an opportunity to say the things that they would normally get to say if they were a man in a, in a, in the same sport. Right. One of the things that I think I've, I've disretained from those conversations is that 
while 50-50 would be optimal, like that's what you shoot for in, 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 in professional sports and in college sports too, is like equal treatment, equal spending, et cetera. I don't think that, they, that you'll find many women in sports out there who are actively going to say, we need it right now. I think that they deserve it. I think that they think they deserve it, but I don't think that you'll find a woman in sports right now that's like, they're shocked by it. I don't think you'll find a woman in sports right now that, um, I, I think women in sports just want respect, right? They just want to be respected. They want to be valued as athletes. Like we think about, like think about the storylines from any NCAA game or any game in general. And like the way that a broadcaster is like, this could possibly be the last time that so-and-so takes the court as a whatever, right? And they think about, you know, all of the hard work and determination put into these athletes throughout their entire life, et cetera, et cetera. The same thing happens for women. Like you, like think about, think about any athlete, With man. With possibly like less started, opportunities to go pro. Right. You start at like seven, eight years old, sometimes younger. You play your whole life to get good enough to hopefully get a scholarship and go D1. And now, you know, I'm, I'm a D1 athlete, but it doesn't matter because nobody wants, nobody wants to be an ally, watch the sports. Nobody wants to cover it equally. Nobody wants to spend the same money. I think at the very base of it all, I think women in sports just want to be respected. And what the NCAA was so, was so blatantly disrespectful, it was a smack in the face. There's no way to justify what they did. And you have to think, how many months ago was that approved? There are logistics teams that have to approve that. And they were like, yeah, sure, screw it. We'll just do one pyramid of dumbbells and a stack of yoga mats, and that'll be it. Did you see how what they said that, about that? Did you see what they said? How does that pass anybody? Did how does that see- get through any group of people? I didn't see what they said. Enlighten me. They said they didn't have the room for it. And then Sedo- I and think then it was Sedona, Sedona Prince. Sedona Prince goes, what do you mean? And shows the same exact lookalike building that the men had for their weight room. She goes, here's the weights. And it was in this sad little corner. And then they showed empty, like gymnasium-esque, ballroom-esque room. Like if you said something, it echoed. It points out such a known it just, problem it just, it just goes to show you how much the ncaa gives a shit about women they don't they don't and, yeah. and, and no matter what they say that little sorry blah 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 blah. it's come to our attention blah blah blah, blah. just say you fucked up just yeah man up and say you fucked up because i think, I think you're right they, and, and what i know the the women athletes don't really they don't they don't care about the the free shit the swag bags that's for the weeks of their worries give them a good meal give them somewhere to work out and also air, air their games on ESPN one and not ESPN two and ESPN ESPN U ESPN U. Yeah. yeah. Also with the logo, the logo that they have in the middle of the, 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 the court is the most lifeless thing I've ever seen in my life. Whoever designed that shouldn't have a job. And I don't see what the big deal is making the women's and men's the logo the same and just attaching women's on it and then changing the location. I don't see that being a big deal. Now, someone else could say something else, but you know what I mean? Give them this, at least give them some life, life Mm -hmm. 
Lo logo that has life, I'm trying to say. Give them yeah. something with life. Like you gave them food. It was freaking fake food. And then all they had to do is check their Instagram stories or their Snapchat to see like their male counterparts who are possibly in the in the tournament as well. And they're over there eating buffets. Right, of, of good food. Of legit real food. It ain't that I crap just, that Trump I, gave those students. <laughs> I just want to reiterate my point is uh, that and, and maybe bring some clarification to it is that I, I don't think that these college athletes that we're hearing from these, these uh, women basketball players, I, I don't think that they expected it to be exactly like what the men got. They're not naive. They're not stupid. They understand the disparity between the two, but I think that they expect it to be respected. And they were. They were actively disrespected. And the NCAA was like, oops. Now, the situation with the weight room has been justified. I think local Dick's Sporting Goods provided equipment for that, which is awesome. And Sedona Prince did give us an update and said, hey, guys, look, we got a weight room, which is such a victory. But it's a victory that should have never had to, been, had, to have been had. It, sh it, sh it should have just been like it should have just been there already. It is infuriating that people in the NCAA and, and in other organizations as well can be so absent minded and be so blissfully unaware or blissfully ne uh, negligent either way that, you know, they're spending more time in men's sports. They're spending more money on men's sports and they're, they're actively showing to them men's sports matter more. It's a problem. And also shout out to Sedona, Sedona Prince for going off today. Oregon beat number three, Georgia to move on to the sweet 16. They did. And I think Northwestern, I think Northwestern beat the breaks off of Louisville as well. Yeah. Louisville was number one. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, they may have been, I don't, I don't know two. off the dome, but off the, Louisville yeah. was really good all year with Dana Evans and they got taken out by Northwestern, bro. That's crazy. But also, uh, before we, before we get too far, I wanted to make a comment about this. This isn't running my gears. This is something for listeners that are thinking about, or they only know, uh, women's college basketball because of Paige Becker. Someone made a really good point on Twitter yesterday. Obviously we know Paige Becker's gets the most coverage in women's college basketball because of who she is. And she's a phenomenal basketball player, yada, 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 which all credit deserved, well-deserved, but you can't cover one athlete and expect there to be more eyes on that sport when there's exactly. so many other athletes out there, like Caitlin Clark from Iowa. She arguably could be better than Paige Beckers. She is a bucket and a half and she does not get as Little as she's gonna, she doesn't get as much coverage as Paige. And I didn't know who she was before today. Does she, that she make, does that big Big Ten player, Big Ten player of the year? And she's a freshman, just as just like Paige. And they face off this Saturday, which is going to be the best thing I'm going to see. That and Loyola playing on Saturday. Sure. Uh, just before we move on, I, I just have to say, you know, this is a, this is a really important thing, and you know, it, it's just important to 
be informed on this stuff. It's important to like care about these things because there are people that are being negatively affected by the actions of a corporation uh, in, in a bunch of different ways. But in this specific way that we're talking about, the NCAA is actively neglecting the, the women in, the, in their programs that they govern. And that's unacceptable. And it should be changed. And there should be change in the future. And if there isn't, well, then that's just the problem, isn't it? Um, I think another good thing to point out is Cub, you do a uh, podcast specific to women in sports with the Believe Podcast Network, and you should fill the people in on that before we move on. Uh, yeah, you can find the Women in Sports podcast on Spotify, Apple. I made an Instagram yesterday, so you can find Ooh. it at, at Women in Sports Pod. It's only on Instagram. Nice. I didn't feel like making a Twitter. So you teased it a little bit. Let's move into the best things uh, that we saw this week or the best things that we're going to see because yours is a bit of a future. And that's all right. That's sometimes how the the show works. So uh, best thing that you're going to see this week, you said, is Saturday because of a couple college basketball matchups. Yeah, it's going to be Iowa-UConn. I don't know what time they play on Saturday, but they play on Saturday. This is the most anticipated matchup probably in in the tournament. Caitlin Clark. Paige Beckers, two of the nation's best basketball players facing off. It's going to be electrifying. It is going to be hopefully everything it's supposed to be. And then on top of that, you have Loyola living the dream once again. Shout out to Sister Jean. Shout out to (laughs) God, you know. (laughs) I still cannot believe that they took out Illinois. Oh, Big Ten. Not to get ahead of ourselves. with We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. The Big Ten was dropping like flies in the men's tournament, and it was actually it was actually shocking. The men's tournament in general is shocking. We'll get to that a little bit later no, on in the but show, but I just want to say this: with the men's tournament, with all these upsets and stuff, imagine what last year would have been when we didn't even know who was the best team in in the country, right? You know they were I mean? they were just trading. Yeah, they, they were, were like, whoop, I don't, whoop, whoop. yeah. Well, the, the number one seed was like, do you want this? I don't want it. Do you want it? Eh, I don't know I'm if not, I want no. it. You can I don't want it. that I, hype. I don't want that hype. Yeah, uh, but I, I still can't believe that Loyola took out Illinois. That was an absolutely they crazy. Destroyed them. It, it was like a Goliath, David and Goliath matchup, but David was much, much bigger in this matchup against Goliath. It was, it was crazy. Uh, best thing I saw this week has to be Spencer Lee, uh, who is uh, another Big Ten athlete. Spencer Lee is a wrestler for the University of Iowa at 125 pounds. And he won his third national championship with no ACLs. He tore both of his ACLs wrestled through a national championship tournament and won his third national championship. How fucking crazy is that? As someone who wrestled for six years, that's pretty nuts. Well, and I I actually made the comment on Twitter. I was like, we say a lot about like football guy, this football guy, that and shit like that. But Rarely do we ever give the notification or the notoriety, I should say, to wrestlers who all of them are fucking psychopaths. I grew up in a wrestling family. My brother actually wrestles for Lincoln College down in Lincoln, Illinois. He's a Lynx. Isn't that <laughs> Lincoln College Lynx? Is this the, the school um, mascot? It sounds but like he, something my dad would have named the school. Yeah, right? 
but uh, he's a wrestler <laughs> down there. My wrestle, my brother wrestled his entire life. I wrestled uh, a bit too as a kid before I got you know cancer. But like the the culture around wrestling is to just be a savage all the time, and that's exactly what Spencer Lee did. And I was mesmerized by the fact that he was like, "Yeah, I I did it." I tore my ACL about a week before the tournament, but excuses are for pussies. And so I wrestle. So don't be a football guy. Be a wrestling guy. Just be a gritty mother effer. Uh, I have to ask because it looks like you're getting really uncomfortable. Is the heater on like right in front of you? Yeah. Okay. Cause it looks like you're sweating. I'm, 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 I don't do well when I'm hot. So I'm, I'm, I'm so pissed off that the heat is on right now. Okay, um, we didn't get an opportunity to do um, Chicago Sports Dick Kick of the Week last week because we had such a long interview with Fletcher, and hopefully you guys enjoyed that because I, I know that we did. Fletcher's a good friend of ours. If you haven't yet, go check that interview out and make sure that you check out Simp anywhere that you find music, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. And that's uh, Fletcher. Uh, not the girl, the, the guy, the thick athlete, the guy that we had on the podcast. The thick uh, athlete. Uh, <laughs> Chicago sports dick kick of the week last week was Andy Dalton signing with the bears over other options, the quarterback. And the same thing applies this week. Um, I think it was chief from Redline radio who said like, I'll be doing random shit throughout the day. And then I'll just remember the bears signed Andy Dalton and it just fucking ruins my day. And that's, ex- that's exactly what it is. Dude, I'll be doing random shit. That. I'll be doing random shit throughout the day, and then I'll be like, "Fucking Andy Dalton, fucking Andy fucking Dalton." No, I'll I'll do the same thing. Check Twitter, and I'll see him boxing, and I'm like, "That's my quarterback." It's just it's just tough, dude. Imagine like- imagine having to get excited about a guy who can't even hype up his team teammates before a game. All right, guys, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna give him hell. Yeah, I like I I just he is a saltine was, cracker of a human being. It was just so bears of the bears to do this, especially after teasing us with Russ for so long. And they're still doing it. Like there's still reports in the media right now that are like, "Hey, it's it's not over yet. We could still get Russell Wilson." I have a verbal meme for us. Okay. Kombucha girl. Russell Kombucha Wilson. Girl. Russell Wilson. Oh, Andy I get what you're saying. Andy Dalton. For this, for this verbal meme, you have to see the YouTube video, which I'm not sure if that makes it a verbal meme at all. But I posted it on our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, then go make, go make sure you check that out at Call Podcast on Instagram uh, because otherwise you won't be able to access this verbal meme without the fucking meme itself. That's not a verbal meme at all. What the hell you mean is that a verbal meme? I can't see your facial expressions if I'm just listening to the audio. But I explained it. She's doing the, no, Russell Wilson, Andy Dalton? Ooh. Moving on. <laughs> but no, clearly clearly the Chicago sports dick kick of the week was that Andy Dalton was, was a was – a, That was a, a steel Chicago toe bear. kick to the and, groin. And they're trying to sell it to us by being like, look, here's pictures of Andy Dalton boxing. <laughs> and they've already and they've already promised him the starting quarterback. That's why he signed. Position. 
That's the only reason why he signed. And, and, and Bears fans are somehow so stupid. You people are stupid. The ones that are out there posting, look at my quarterback. I will block you. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, I, like there are so many Bears fans out there that are just willing to blindly give trust and faith to this Bears organization. When in reality, you don't have to. You don't have to continue to give this fucking franchise money. You don't have to continue to line the pockets of fucking George McCaskey and Virginia McCaskey's old ass. You don't have to do it. Right. Because here's what happens. This is a team. And I've, I think I've said this before on this podcast. This is a team that is owned by a family whose only source of income is the fucking team. They don't have other money coming in. Right. And so when shit gets rough and tight, they can't pull money from another organization that they're a part of and bring it into the Bears. Or when shit gets close to being a championship caliber, te- caliber team, they can't go reach out from Cowboy another Cowboy book. That's right. <laughs> they can't go reach out to another organization and pull that money in. They just can't. It's not possible. So the only way to enact change with the Bears is to fucking stop supporting them. It's okay. Take two or three years off. Go root for the fucking Oakland Raiders. Go do something like that Cardinals. and make and and stop buying fucking tickets. Stop going to the goddamn games because what's what's happening is you're continuing to give them money. You're continuing to make them feel like they can continue to put out seven and nine or nine and seven teams, eight and eighteen, seven seven and nine teams. You gotta stop. Because they're going to continue to do it. They've been doing it forever. It's never been different. Even in 85, it was just like, we got lucky. In 06, we got lucky. They put out the same product every year, and you fucking buy it every time. Boycott the goddamn Bears, make them sell the goddamn team, and then maybe there'll be change in the, in the way that the Chicago Bears operate. Um, I just want to say to any Bears fan out there that I see wearing in Andy Dalton jersey. Sorry, was that too close? It was a little loud. If you're wearing an Andy, if you decide to buy an Andy Dalton jersey, um, sauce. What's our new phrase on this podcast? Fuck off. No, it's get get fucked. That's right. This is for you. People. Get fucked. Get fucked. Like it. Okay, but can you but imagine? That's, that's, can you imagine purchasing an Andy Dalton jersey? And being but that's proud. The, that's that's it. That's the exact thing that I'm telling you about. Cub is like that's the blind faith and the blind trust that people have in the Bears. You gotta let it go. You gotta let it go. But we also have to go on to the next segment, which is random thought. And oh, yes. uh, random thought is about fries. So I thought about this while I was making Arby's fries for dinner. Okay. When was the last time you saw the smiley face fries? <sighs> it's been a minute. I don't even think I've seen them in the store. They're usually where like Jewel has or your local local grocery store, depending on where you are listening to us. They usually are piggly wiggly. Yeah, they're usually by like the rotisserie chicken, the chicken tenders, the wings, and by the deli. But I haven't seen them in a good ten years. This is a sign that the world is becoming depressed. There's not even any more smiley fries. Those fries are low key underrated. And this they're, they're heat a little bit too is pissing much, me off. They're a little bit too much potato for me, but I could see where somebody would like it. It's not that I love them. I like them, but like I haven't had them in a while, so I, I 
kind of want a smiley fry, you know? So you just want you just want it for nostalgia's sake? Yeah, it's like it's you like fucking millennial. A, it, it's like having a what's the little are those called hugs? The little barrel containers of like purple green. Oh, yeah, red, yep, yep, little yep. Hug. The juice, the juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little hugs. Yep, that and uh, bug juice. Did you ever have bug juice from the gas station? You know, I have with the little character as, as the sucky part. No, I'm talking about like the stuff that you scoop out of the little container to clean your your windshield with the bug juice. On to the next segment, <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Um, Cub, uh, we're recording on the 24th. This is a Wednesday. And today is the 20th anniversary of Randy Johnson killing a fucking bird. I was going to use that, and I'm like, no, it's lame. And I'm going <laughs> to use it. Yeah, I no, know. I, I don't think it's lame at all. It's, it's literally part of the lore of baseball. It's part of... Uh, it's, it's literally one of the stories that will tell people forever is like, yeah, Randy Johnson was a badass motherfucker. He was six, seven. He was six, called ten. a big, six, he was six, ten. Six, ten. He was, well, fuck. He was six, ten and he killed a fucking bird with a baseball. Nobody's ever done that before on he, accident. He's my favorite pitcher of all time. Like I'm obsessed with Randy Johnson. And then when I found out that Willow Johnson, his daughter was playing in AU volleyball, I'm like, oh, oh that's awesome. So thoughts and prayers for that bird, which has been dead for 20 years. But uh, Randy Johnson, 20 years ago today, did one of the most amazing things in all of baseball history. Thoughts and prayers. It's a sad day in missed call history, Sauce. What happened? Today marks... Is it over? The end of Tinder bios. Yeah, at least for now, we're going to shelf Tinder bios. Um, Just want to let the ladies out there know... Mostly just to let you guys know that I deleted my t- Tinder today. I full-on deleted it. The account does no longer exist. It's not like I deleted the app. Like, oh, you should probably delete the app. You can go back. No, I deleted the whole thing. So there is, there is a way that we could continue to do Tinder bios, but it would require some collaboration. It would require that um, listeners that our listeners start to participate a little bit. And, and that's the only way that Tinder bios stick around. You got to send them to us at call podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. You can always DM us uh, Tinder bios and we'll put them on the show and we'll have cub pick a girl or a guy or a they, and we will, we'll put it in the blender and we'll mix it up and we'll see what happens. That's the only way that Tinder bios comes back because, you know, for cubs mental health and for, you know, the sake, the sake of his humanity, he had to delete it. And, and, and now we're in a world post Tinder bios where I don't know what's going to happen. I might never put on this headset again. And there's a long drive by Castellanos. <laughs> and there's a Deep to left field. And Dude, now the Reds someone, lead four to nothing. Speaking of that, someone should have made that. Someone should have made that little graphic that NCAA made that apology letter. And it should have been like cut out. And it oh should my just God. Said, that would be it great. It should have just said that. Cause like everything they said in the apology was complete bull. That's hilarious. That, maybe we, maybe we can do that. Uh, hey, hey. Before we expound. Get, get Greg we, on it. Get Greg on it. <laughs> before we expound too far into our elaborate details of what we're going to do to be Twitter famous. Let's move on to the next segment. Struggle bus. Uh, this is what we alluded to earlier when we were talking about big 10 teams in the men's tournament. Let's get into that because they were dropping like flies. 
I'm pretty sure the only teams that are left in the tournament from the Big Ten is Rutgers and Michigan. And if I'm wrong, I'm I wrong. think Rutgers got. Didn't Rutgers get bounced? Let me check. I thought Ru- Rutgers, Rutgers got bounced by score. Houston. Rutgers got bounced by Houston. All right, just Michigan. So we're it's down to just one. Just Michigan. We're down or, to one. Yeah, and Maryland. Maryland got bounced by Bama. So it's just Michigan. And Bama's good. Bama's really good three point shooting team. Best in the nation. They're good. They're really good. They're so good. They make they make good teams look bad. Verbal meme. Longest yard. I think. Sure. Long, that, long that's a verbal yard. meme. Long that's yard. a verbal meme. Um, sure. I'll give you that one. Struggle Levity. bus being Big Ten teams. Are they good? No. Apparently not. I don't. I, I think it was Jay Billis that tweeted out. It's not necessarily that they are overrated. It's just that they underperformed. Like there are just some teams that just got outplayed and outcoached. Like the Illinois game against Loyola, they just got outcoached. There's no way around it. Porter, Porter Mosier. I can't fucking say that name. Mosier. Porter, Porter Mosier. <laughs> you freaking mouth. I like have to like wrap my mouth, ma- like put my mouth in a way to get it. Porter Mosier. <laughs> <laughs> he called called a really great game and he figured out how to use a uh, cut wig in a really productive way to eliminate um kofi coburn Player. and and they fucking dominated illinois which was a, a can you imagine being shocker. ao or io i mean and posting that kobe picture to get bounced by crutwick <laughs> Get bounced by Cutwig and Sister Jean, who prayed that you would shoot under 30%, and you did. And does that mean God hates Illinois? Just wait till just wait till we get to the next segment. But yeah, I mean they entered, what did they enter with? Nine teams, and they now have one left, and we're going to the Sweet 16. Wisconsin, Purdue, Ohio State. What is that? I don't know what that is. I don't know. Oh, your armpits. I thought I was looking at the I thought I was looking at the logo on the shirt. This man is perspiring, son. <laughs> this, man is, this man has got some wet just, this man's got some have a wop. fan on behind me. This is not this man's fair. got some wop, wet ass pits. That's what he's got. Uh struggle bus goes out to Cinnamon Toast Crunch, who whoo, somehow got shrimp tails in the cereal and rat poop and other stuff. Rat poop was in there too. That dude found everything. <laughs> is that is that the surprise in every bag? Uh, it's it was it was such a funny funny such a funny interaction be, between this guy who found shrimp tails in his box of cinnamon toast crunch and cinnamon toast crunch's Insta, our Twitter page because he was like, hey, I found shrimp tails in my cinnamon toast crunch. What the fuck? And cinnamon toast crunch said. Oh no, please wait while we try to decipher the problem. And then they came back and said, actually, you're just fucking stupid and your eyes don't work. That's an accumulation of cinnamon uh, that sometimes gets dispersed in our cereal. And he goes, hey man, no the fuck it isn't because this is a shrimp tail. And they're like, oh fuck, that's a shrimp tail. That was the interaction this guy had with a corporation on And they Twitter. told him to send them the evidence. <laughs> he told them to send them the evidence. Uh, no, you're going to get sued. 
Yeah, that would be a way to get out of it, right? Like, if you don't have the evidence anymore, yeah, you can't they would just, bring they would it. destroy the evidence if he sent it back. You're not sending the evidence back. <laughs> That's so stupid. Like, just dumb. So, Struggle Bus goes to to fucking cinema. So, I looked scratch. up. I looked up where their um, factory is, Albuquerque, New Mexico. There ain't no shrimp near Albuquerque, New Mexico. CTC. Ooh. No. No, there is not. No, there's not. That shrimp came from somewhere. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if he ate those. <laughs> he had rat crap in there too, so he better go to the hospital. This man's gonna turn into a new superhero. New superhero. Do you superhero know who that guy dropped. is? Do you uh-uh. know who that guy is? I, f- I forgot his name, but he's a rapper. Like Eminem dissed him. He's married to Topanga. T- that's Topanga's husband. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. I saw a tweet and somebody was like, it was like a, a picture of a grandma and like a, a middle-aged person helping grandma into bed. And it was like a quote that was like, grandma said, yeah, Topanga's husband found shrimp tails covered in cinnamon and his cinnamon toast crunch. And the grandma was like, the, the middle-aged woman was like, that's enough grandma time for bed. Right. Like she had fucking dementia or Alzheimer's or some shit. <laughs> That's funny as fuck. Okay, uh, let's let's wrap up the segments. Fake taxi. Go ahead, Cub. Come on, we all know who it is. She's back. God's she's, favorite favorite nun. Sister and she's Jean. fucking harder than ever. That woman. She's a hundred one, right? Hundred one. Yeah. Yeah, she's up there. That woman. First of all, I want to say she's a fraud because she said Il- that Loyola wasn't going to. That Loyola wasn't her team in the tournament. That's fraudulent. A woman of faith had no faith. Voodoo. Also, but she's back. She prayed that Illinois, like you said, would shoot 30%, blah, 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 blah. That woman is on a tear. I don't know what it is, but please come work for the Biscall podcast. Give us some of that juju. We need our listenership (laughs) up a little bit, you know. Above 30%. We need it up 30%. So, (laughs) And full on listen to the whole thing. Yeah. But, so we're either we're either hoping that they listen to over 30% or we're hoping that listenership goes up 30%. But either way, it revolves around that magical number that she prayed about. Can we get both, Sister Jean? Fuck it. Why not? I mean, like, is that greed? I think that's a sin. We're getting greedy. I, I Wouldn't like, you know, Catholic boy? I feel like praying for another team to lose is kind of... They, he, I don't think she was praying for them to lose. She was praying for Loyola to win. But regardless... Thinking about Sister Jean in the fake taxi makes me uncomfortable. So I'll go and talk about Hold Zach's- on, they got a they got a wheelchair ramp now. They they upgrade. Oh my fucking god. That opens things up not only to the elderly, but also to the disabled community as well. Uh we're a welcoming podcast. That we are an all-inclusive podcast, that's for sure. Uh Zach Snyder is uh in the fake taxi for me this week. Uh he released the Snyder cut last week and if you're unfamiliar with that stick with me cub i know superhero talk it's really boring for you but um zach snyder was originally tasked with putting together the og uh uh justice league movie right and his, during the process of that is his daughter actually uh, took her own life and he was then taken off of the project he took himself off the project uh, to which then he was replaced with jazz whedon 
who put together some of the Marvel Avenger movies, right? And the Marvel Avenger movies, I think most people can, tend, can tell you are kind of lighthearted, funny, quippy, right? They have a bunch of quips in them, um, et cetera. They're, they're kind of funny movies in a way, but they're also superhero movies. DC is not that. DC is dark. It is disturbing. It is graphic. That's what DC comics are like. And that's what Zack Snyder had put together. And then they let Joss Whedon get a hold of it. So in 2017, they released like a two-hour movie that sucked ass. And the Justice League has been made, made fun of for that reason for the better part of four years. But on Thursday of last week, they released the Snyder Cut. So Zack Snyder... The original director came back, started working on the project again, and released what he was supposed to release uh, four years ago, a four-hour cut of this movie that was perfect. There was a couple plot holes that sucked. That's fine. I completely respect you taking your shirt off. There was a couple plot holes, um, but overall, a four-hour movie, and it was well spent. I don't know that I'd ever watch it again, but it was it was worth the four hours watching it the first time over. I loved it. I don't. I know you don't give a fuck about superhero movies. I wish you gave a little even, bit of I a didn't shit. I didn't even know about any of this. I wish you gave a little bit of a shit about it. So you could be like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. But like the Snyder Cut was fucking sick. Outside of the fact that like, you know, super uh, a Superman kind of sucked. But that's it. Now, since you don't think I like superheroes. Christian Bale Batman's the best Batman. Toby have you Maguire. seen Have you seen all the Affleck Batmans? I, I agree with you, but have you seen all the Affleck <laughs> Batmans? I haven't seen one. I would at least I would at least watch a little bit of it. I think he does a, a different style of Batman. There's always which a different is, style, which is always cool. Uh, I think the best might be Adam West, which is basically Come a live out. action. Come yeah, out. live action cartoon Batman. That's I just like out. the way Adam West talks. Like I think Adam West has one of the most iconic Adam voices. Adam West. He's like, oh, what? He's, I, I don't even know what he's. How he, he sounds. Talks. He sounds. He sounds like the guy from SNL. No. Yes. Yes. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, it's exactly what he sounds like. All right, we got to wrap this up. We ran long on segments per usual. I mean, fucking ho-hum. That's just this podcast in general. We run long on everything. But uh, let's get you to the interview with Pete Skaronsky, left tackle for Northwestern. And hopefully you guys enjoy that. Make sure that you follow us on all social media at Call Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Life of Sartori. You can find the man rubbing his chest hair on the other side of the screen uh, on Twitter. You can just search cub wood and he should pop up because he's the one and only cub wood as always thanks for tuning in to episode 138 of the miscall podcast we'll be back next week with the start of women, women athletes, athletes month let's go so, let's go very excited for that uh but again enjoy the interview with pete skaronsky and we'll see you guys And now welcoming on Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. Peter, thank you so much for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having us. 100%. Uh, we should also note uh, a freshman All-American and Big Ten All-Second Team as well. I am fascinated at the position that you were put in in your freshman year at Northwestern, right? So um, I, I kind of want to get filled in on the timeline of you getting to school and then 
realizing like, oh, I'm going to be the starter at left tackle. Like, obviously, people had uh, Rayshon Slater pegged to be the guy there, and then he chose to take the season off, understandably so. But that gave you an opportunity to kick some ass, and you did. Um, can you talk about that timeline and kind of fill me in at least on, on, on how that happened? Yeah, so well, I was an early enrollee. So some guys early enroll and they come in January, uh, like kind of after their first semester senior year, but I did not do that. So I didn't show up to a campus until like June 28th or so Okay. Uh, when the mid-year enrollee um, for like two days and they shut down the season. So we stopped, uh, camp ended. And I wasn't expected, I wasn't supposed to be the starter or anything. I wasn't expected to be because Rashawn was still there. Um, you know, he's going to be a top 10 pick. You know, he's the one of the best linemen in college football. So he was going to be left tackle. And then the season got canceled. We kind of just went back to workouts. Uh, Rashawn opted out. And then, so the season, they, they announced that they're bringing it back. I was actually in quarantine when that happened. So I was like sitting in my basement at home when they announced the season was coming back. And we didn't start padded practices until about October 1st. Damn. And so then I was, I was getting reps with the first team. I was at, I was moving around a little bit. So I started like right tackle. Then I went to like right guard. And then towards the end of like, just like our camp segment before we started preparing for our first game, I went to left tackle. And then like our, my offensive line coach was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to keep you there. And at first I was like, ah, I don't want to do this because I felt like I was doing a lot better at guard. And I was like, I don't think I could handle this. Like, this is kind of way more difficult. And I think I kind of suck here. But he was like, no, I think you're good here. I think you're you're going to be fine. Um, and I, you know, it worked out. Uh, that's where I stayed for the rest of the season. But it was definitely a lot to take in. I didn't really have a lot of preparation going in, uh, especially getting reps at left tackle. But it worked out all right. And, you know, I, I, my left guard was a, was a fifth-year senior. So we had a lot of experience. And that really helped me going in. Uh, just because he definitely knew what he was doing, and I really didn't know what I was doing at all. But it was a lot. It was definitely nice to have him. That's so fascinating that you were like, I, I, I guess I'll just play left tackle. Like, okay, yeah. we'll try it. And then you just go out there and you kick ass. Yeah, you gave well, two sacks, so you did pretty damn good. Yeah, there was definitely some growing pains. I would say, like, okay. there's a lot of, like for any college offensive line. There's a lot of like technique and stuff because. You know, everyone knows everyone's been catching balls and throwing footballs like since they were 10, but like no one really teaches you how to play offensive line until at least high school or or even really not really even even in high school. So when you get to college, there's a lot of technique and stuff that you have to learn um, and a lot of different uh, just like blocks and different, you know, techniques stuff they had to learn. And I didn't really have time to learn any of that. I mean, I learned some of it, but so I was just kind of thrown into the fire a little bit in that sense. Um, but I, I survived, I guess. Have you learned to appreciate left tackle now? Well, yeah, I had played it in high school, so I was familiar with the position, but it's a much, much different in college as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. Um, everyone's much better and the game just moves 10 times faster. So I, I was comfortable with the position, just like not within our offense or like at the college level at that time. So I definitely appreciate a lot more just knowing what goes into it at this level. You came out of Maine South as an interior lineman, right? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, so these recruiting people had me 
as like an in like a center. I've yeah. never played center in my life. Right. And well, I, like, and you had like high high marks as a center, like the fourth nationally ranked center. Never played center in my life. That's how can they, um, how can they, how can they do that? Basically, how can they do that? Basically, if you're not that tall, like if you're not like six That's six or something That's like that, they kind of think you're like an interior guy. Um which I guess I could be, but basically if you can play left tackle or if you like, I mean, Rashawn Slater, he's six, four, like he's not that he's, I mean, he's around my height, but he's going to be a, a top 10 pick at tackle. Um, so they, these recruiting people think that if you're not as tall, but Oh, you'll play inside, um, which isn't always the case in my mind. And I, I don't think being tall makes you a tackle. So, so you never did you in, in, in high school, you never played interior or did you no. play interior? No. I only played left tackle in high school. That's Zero snaps hilarious. Zero snaps at center, but yeah. top recruit. <laughs> yes, which is it just goes to show you how much the, these recruiting services people don't know about football. I mean, they're just really just guessing in a lot of in a lot of ways. I think, but well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was um, I, I did an interview the other day with uh, one of the baseball players here at, at North Central College, and on Perfect Game, which is similar to Twenty Four Seven. They had him ranked as the ninth best first base prospect in the state of Illinois. And I, I told that to him and he was like, what? He's like, I've, I've been a pitcher since my sophomore year of high school. How, yeah. how in the world am I the ninth best first baseman prospect? Yeah. Well, so much of, so much of like recruiting is about like potential or yeah. where you like project to be. So, I mean, there's in some cases, there's a lot of high school players who they're maybe not that good in high school. But if you're six seven, you're two two seventy five. Even if you're not that good, you know you're going to get Division one offers because you have the potential to be better. So I think that's kind of you know where these people end up making mistakes is like oh like oh he could play inside because he's shorter, but he's still a lineman. So I think or you know he looks like a first baseman even though he's a pitcher right now. So it's kind of just guess a guessing game really, and doesn't end up turning out that way. But that affects so much of what you guys get to do or like the looks that you guys get yeah yeah well like the thing is like my college coaches they don't really care about like what 24 7 says okay they give a crap if you're if they say he was a five star or two star like if they like you they like you and like he doesn't care my offense my coach doesn't care that they say i'm a center like if you can play tackle you're gonna play tackle or like if you can play guard you play guard doesn't matter where they where they project you those people have no say in like college depth charts or anything like that Right. I think it's I think it's so interesting that you mentioned like bigger guys just getting offers because they're big. Because yeah. I went to high school with a guy who was six seven, but probably like would only be a high school offensive lineman because he wasn't good, didn't do well. But he got a Division one offer and went D one, but didn't go anywhere else because, like I said, couldn't play. Right. Right. Like, how do they well, not see that? I mean, it, there are. It's definitely a hit or miss with guys like that. Um, you know, the idea is, I mean, there's a kid that, that I played against, uh, who actually is at, no, he's not, I forget where he is, but he, I played against in high school and he had a bunch of division one offers. Um, and he just wasn't that good, but he was six, five, he was two sixty or something like that. I think okay. he's a D lineman now. Um, the, the idea is that they can get you in their strength and conditioning program they can get you with their coaches and develop you fundamentally. And maybe because you have that frame already and you have that, you know, natural, like you have the genes for it, that maybe they can develop you into something good. And, you know, sometimes that, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. 
Right. Uh, and then they'll have heart. They're gonna have heart. You you have to, and I feel like you could see that on tape if the guy has heart or not. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a hard thing to gauge, and I think some schools care about that more than others in terms of just like heart, as you say, or how hard they play, or how well they're naturally suited just to play football. Um, that that's it's very difficult to gauge in recruiting, I think, and some schools find that out too late, maybe. So. So I, I think a lot, one question anyway, that a lot of people ask uh, college players that get to the next level is what was your welcome to the league moment? Well, I think the jump from high school to college can be overwhelming as well, especially with you being a true freshman and getting all the starts for Northwestern last year. Do you have a welcome to college moment in, in, in football? That's a good question. I, um, it's hard to really like think about one like that. I mean, when we played Maryland our first game, we kind of kicked our ass. So yeah, well, everybody kicks Maryland's ass. <laughs> yeah, but, well, they turned out to be pretty decent actually, uh, in the middle of the year until they had a bunch of COVID issues. But yeah, um, this was not really this wasn't right at the beginning of the season. But when we played Ohio State, they probably had one of the best, better D lines in the country, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And that was really just like, oh wow, this is. These are some there's some dudes out here that are I mean they had a defensive lineman who might have been like the longest person I've ever seen, like like arms like down by his knees. And I was like, Sounds are you like really me. expecting me to, to block this guy? His name was Zach Harrison. He's like five star recruit, just like unbelievable, gonna be like a top ten pick probably someday. Um, but I was like, like how is this person even human? And how is this person <laughs> able to do what he's doing right now? And here I am like just like a freshman out there trying to like get in his way so he doesn't have to kill our quarterback. But definitely that game was a huge welcome, welcome to college football moment because even it was like far in the season, but it was still like, holy shit. Like these guys are unreal. Yeah. I mean, in, in the big 10, that's the big step up, right? Like you, yeah. everybody else is, is good, but then you play Ohio state and that's the representative for that right. conference all the time. And, and college football showed that they wanted it to be their representative too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> they probably deserve to be in the playoff. I'm, I'm not going to say that they didn't deserve it, even if they played six games or whatever. We we knew they were the best team in the Big Ten. I think that was pretty indisputable in my mind. So, what's it like playing, say, Maryland, and then going against Ohio State? Like, what? How? How is it like? Oh, we're just playing, but it's like I, I can't word it right now. Like the talent level is definitely way different. And yeah, like you play. Is it is it, it not how noticeable is it? That's what I'm trying to say. It's definitely noticeable. Um, I think just like the well, the thing about Maryland was, or at least some teams, some of the worst teams we play that, yeah, you know, some of these teams kind of just roll over. You know, like you know, we were up like 30 to three against Maryland. <laughs> I mean, they don't they don't give a crap anymore. Like some of those guys don't want to be out there. Yeah, like, they just show their player, bellies. One of their Lakers. defensive tackles was like, oh, "Man, I wish I transferred Northwestern." during the game which we were, we were laughing about but i mean you can just kind of almost tell in the way like just like their body language how serious they are but what they're doing like as ohio state compared to a maryland you know what i mean it's like they're ohio state and they know that and they yeah. know how good they are which i think is like the major difference i'd say and then when when the ball snapped there's a huge difference there too but who talked more crap maryland or ohio state you know, Ohio State didn't really talk. Um, uh, that makes say, sense. 
Yeah, well, well, I don't know if you if you saw the game, but you know we had like an insane interception. Like they didn't long, have they didn't have much room to talk during that game. You yeah, guys were kicking yeah. their ass for a long time. First yeah, so our 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 left guard Nick likes to like joke with guys a little bit. And so after we had this interception, he was like, he was like, come on. He was talking to the Ohio State D line. We're just taking a knee. It was right at right at half. And he was like, come on, guys. Like that, that was pretty cool. You got to admit. And these these D linemen were like, like wouldn't say anything, wouldn't even look at us, or they didn't want to say anything at all. They were pissed off. But they didn't really talk any shit to us, but some other schools definitely did. Um, some other schools were big on talking. We're we're fascinated with the in the yeah. trenches trash talk because that's where the majority of it happens. It's either like, you know, the wide receivers versus the DBs, or it's like the offensive linemen screaming obscenities at one another before the snap. It's all sus stuff too. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Like to have our fun. Uh, Like we're not, I mean, I'm like, I was never a very big trash talker in high school, but I think college just made me a more of a trash (laughs) talker. Just because of the competition. Like it's, like no one, I don't really have anything to say to anybody in high school, but in college, like it's like everyone's so much better that it makes them more fun. Um, so we like we get into it a little bit, but it's mostly a lot of it's like joking, and we're just kind of like poking fun at guys a little bit. We don't really do like so much trash talking, but it, it's a good time, I think, especially when you're winning. It's better to say stuff. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. We we also like to chirp. We uh we went to a what was it? It was Western Kentucky versus FIU. Oh, it, we in became Bowling best friends Green. with the kicker. And the kicker, <laughs> Pete, the kicker was like 5'6". Okay. 245. 245. <laughs> and he knew our names. And he had a mullet. And he had a mullet. 5'6", 245. That's a bowling ball right there. But I, apparently he's got a rocket for a leg too because Did, he's the Was kicker. he on scholarship? Yeah, he was. Speaking, we looked him up. We were like, what is wow. his name? Where is he from? It's got to be Florida because <laughs> of the hair. We knew him and he knew us by the end of that game. It, trash talking is just so much fun. Yeah. Um, I want to know what you think is the biggest thing that contributed to your success last year. Um, like I said, just having like older guys on the line to help me. Sure. Especially just like not knowing the offense very well, being a freshman, like having those guys just to rely on in terms of the playbook and then just having them rely on in terms of, just like being there and like having that experience next to you makes it feel a lot better just being so inexperienced. You like, you don't feel like you're just out there on your own. Uh, like our left guard, I don't know, he's got 20 or so starts in his career. Um, so just having that was, was really, was really big for me. And then, you know, being in a great offense in general, I think boosts your confidence a little bit. Like, especially like we go get, we go out against Maryland and, you know, kicking their ass like that definitely helps your confidence. Um, just like your first game, right? you win and win by 40. So I love that this is turning into a let's shit on Maryland podcast. Yeah, I'm down with it. It's, it's about that. to switch. It's about to switch years though. So oh, it, it, we'll it's fight. about to switch gears. We'll get there. We could shit on Nebraska too, if you want, because that oh, program's just, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Leave um, Nebraska alone. What have they ever done? They, that, that is very true. So uh, when it comes to talking about those older guys on the line, I think, I mean, you, you've talked to the media plenty and I, I'm sure that all of them have drawn the, the conclusion that you have this super, super close bond with Rayshon Slater and uh, he's the reason that you're so successful. Is that overstated or understated? I wouldn't say we have like a super close bond. I mean, we never really played together. 
we well, that's what I'm like, saying. But like yeah. from what I from at least from what I read, people were like, oh, it's because, you know, Slater's there and he's helping. And like it's, you know, yeah, and, I saw that, too. But you yeah. guys never played together. Like you said, I, I'm just I guess I'm just curious of this because sometimes media members can draw conclusions that aren't true. No, it, without a doubt, Rashawn was a huge help to me. Um, just being able to like text, shoot him a text about like watching film or like a certain uh, player that I'd be going against. Um, so in that way, he was a big help. I wouldn't say like we're, we were super close or anything like that. Um, just because we never had a chance to really play together. Um, but I mean, he was definitely a huge help. And I'll, I'll text him every once in a while, just asking about something. And, you know, he didn't really have to do, do anything to help me at all this past year, but he did, which speaks to him and how he is uh which was huge but yeah he's just always been a good resource for me and i I wouldn't say like we're super close but um either way he was really helpful for me well that's that's good right i mean and like you said like he didn't necessarily owe you anything but he still helped out and that's that's pretty cool um you were the first five-star recruit in northwest program history northwestern excuse me program history northwest yeah forgot to earn um <laughs> but you're the first five-star recruit in their uh football programs history we're always fascinated with the recruitment process and especially for somebody like you who is so highly touted what was that like yeah the recruiting it, is a little... it didn't last very long for you did it like you you were signed and ready to go to northwestern, northwestern by your junior year through. yeah so it it was actually pretty long. So I got my first offer uh, during my sophomore season of football in high school. And then kind of like second semester, like winter, spring of my sophomore year, I got most of my offers. And so from then until May of 20, from like winter, spring 2018 to May 2019, like recruiting was kind of full go. Uh, just in terms of like doing visits and getting texts from coaches and which sucks by the way, like, you know, you think it's so cool to get all these texts from coaches and then they don't stop texting you and it's all this generic stuff. And you're like, please leave me alone. I don't care. Like I I wouldn't even respond to half of them because it'd be like, I know you just sent this text to like four other kids. I know you you don't care if I respond or not. Um, Respond back. I love you. Yeah, right. Something <laughs> real like that. I, I think they would get a little frustrated with me because I wouldn't respond. But, you know, it, it's really not all as I mean, it's exciting, but it gets to be a pain in the butt a little bit just because it's so overwhelming and coaches like texting you and they, you know, eventually get to the point where they want a decision from you. And I had one coach who would always like give me this big speech and then he would like leave this pause for me to like say I want to commit. And I'm, I'm not going to commit. Like, I'm not going to be like, so what do you think about that? Like, you know, expecting me to be like, yeah, I want to come here. And I didn't, uh, which, which was funny, but also really annoying. And it really bothered me. But I was really happy to have it done with uh, and get it over with, which is nice. The weird thing with recruiting and, like, the coaches, it's mind games with teenagers. Yeah. Like, people don't really think about it that much. These coaches are playing mind games with high schoolers. Right, right. Which is messed up. And it, it's weird how how some like adults are about it. Like there are definitely more experienced guys who understand like you're a human being and you're in high school and like maybe you don't want to go to their school and they're okay with that. But some of these, you know, kind of like the young kind of scrappy guys who are just getting into like the recruiting 
they're into their jobs and, you know, they're young, they want to prove themselves. They can be really overwhelming. And we're, there was this one coach who was like, Hey, it's me. I'm a recruiting coordinator from this school. I didn't respond in like 30 minutes. And he, then he was like, just let me know if you're not interested. It'll save us both some time. Wait, in Bad. 30 minutes, like, he double texts you? Yeah, I was like, Bad. first of all, I've never, you've never met me before. I've never been to your school. You've never like tried to communicate with me before. How are you going to say something this like, this abrupt, like 30, because I didn't respond fast enough. Like, Sorry, dude, yeah. I was taking a dump. Yeah. Or, or I mean, or literally doing anything. Like <laughs> yeah, a really. half hour is not a long <laughs> not time long. to wait. <laughs> All I have to say, uh, like through all of this, I saw that you got a, an offer from Notre Dame, and I can't tell you how happy it makes me that you're not going to that godforsaken school. Yeah, now I it's think time that, to shit on a new team. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you there about your fans at Notre Dame because I did like a lot of aspects about their program, but just overall, I really can't bear the Notre Dame media and just how they are and uh just they're i, I don't keep know it coming. i don't want to keep, it, keep trash, it coming peter so keep it coming i'm not gonna say anything too bad because i don't want to uh, well embarrass it's, it's not like they're in your conference or yeah. anything or it's not like they're in any conference and unless I, I really it benefits them directly. a lot of things about the program it's like i mean as much as it pains me a bit they're a good team and they've produced a lot of good players and they're still a good program but i really just can't stand certain things about like who they are who they you know or Notre Dame or the yeah God's college football that's that's where it starts right it's like the, the fandom where God's gift to college football it, it, that kind of stuff God's team but uh, but God's team God's gift to college football too I think that that one fits um but it's just I I've I've never liked them I, I'm gonna have a hard time getting my thoughts together now because I'm gonna try to explain the entirety of my hate for that goddamn well, football it's, it's, program. It's easy. It's easy. We, we consider them the white privilege of college sports. Every year they're, they're top ten. Them. Every year they're top ten. They do well. Quotations well, and they get yeah. they get higher in the ranks, and then they get blown out when it matters. They yeah. make yeah. up a bowl like, game for them. Yeah, <laughs> they can't compete with Alabama or or some of these. No, they never can, or nobody really can, to be honest. Except for maybe Ohio State and Clemson. But I I do think Kelly's treated a little bit unfairly. I mean, people really get on him, but they've been pretty pretty good with him there. They're good, but they're the not path. great. Yeah, is the thing. Well, like I said, it's going to be tough to beat out a team. You know, you're in Indiana. You're not down in the South where, you know, the best recruits are. It's really hard. It's really hard to be better than Nick Saban and, you know, LSU down there. I mean, that, it's hard to beat out this team. So It's hard to be I better than Purdue. Done better than anybody else could have done. Uh, say, it again, say it again, Sauce. Excuse me. Again. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Pete. I was just, I was just saying, I think it's, it's hard to be better than Purdue in your own state. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're, you're going to sit there and be the second best football for maybe even the third best football Indiana. program. Because Indiana was great last year, too. It, it's, it's hard, it's hard <laughs> when you're trying to compete with Bama and Clemson and big schools like that. And you can't even get past, you know, <laughs> you can't even get past Purdue and, Purdue. And, and Indiana. So it's, it's tough for them, you know, uh, but you know, they'll, they'll pray about it and hopefully it'll, it'll work out for them. Um, when you are in the O line room at Northwestern, right. O linemen are notoriously s- smart. At least that's what I've 
understood uh, from conversations and from just general, general generalizations. That's the word. Um, how smart is an offensive line room at a school like Northwestern? I'd say we're pretty smart. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say like we're like, like, I don't think anyone looks at our position group and is like, wow, they're like unbelievably <laughs> smart. Holy cow. But we definitely have some very smart guys. Like we got a few engineers and our center uh, is pre-med. He's taking the MCAT this summer. So, you know, I'd say we're, we're, I'd say more, we're more logical and we have more common sense than the average position group. Ah. I don't know if you want to say intelligence, but I'd say we're, we're, we're very uh, high in the common sense department. The that, gray that, room in the gray room, yeah. not a black and white room. It's a gray room. That yeah. would, that would make sense then. I, yeah, we'll say, we'll say more commonsensical than other position groups uh we won't name those position groups we won't yeah kickers oh, no that's not a position group definitely not the <laughs> defensive backs um okay uh the other thing i wanted to bring up is that you lettered three times in basketball in high school now if you make it to the nfl are you prepared for chris collinsworth here's a guy Ooh. are you prepared for that <laughs> i don't know about that um I was not a very good basketball player. I was your typical offensive lineman playing basketball where I would go in and I would play defense and I'd get fouls and get rebounds and then I'd go out. I think when I played varsity basketball, my, my stat line was, on the season was 28 points and 27 fouls. Yeah. A one-to-one ratio. That's electric. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was not very good. I was not allowed to shoot outside of two feet except from the free throw line. <laughs> um, so I was a scrapper, but I, I still played, but I just, that, that's awesome. The one-to-one -one ratio, but I just be prepared because you're the tape. If you guys, if you guys end up pulling the broadcast too, you're just going to hear a bunch of, you know, Al, here's a guy who played basketball in high school. He's a big guy. He's got the footwork. That's just, that's exactly what you're going to hear. He catches a pass for a, a big, big man touchdown. <laughs> he's in this, it's in slow-mo. Here's a guy. He's got the jump. He's got the hands. He's like, look at him go up there and get that rebound. Unbelievable yeah. stuff, Al. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. That's exactly what's going to happen. 100%. We'll see. I hope he doesn't highlight my, my high school basketball career too much. It wasn't too illustrious. So. Here's a file. Here's another file. Yeah. <laughs> So, Peter, your, fa your grandfather played for the Packers, and as soon as I saw that, my initial thought was they have to have some man cave that is full of Packers stuff. Is that right? Um, not really. At our basement, it does have, like, some of some pictures of him um, combined with, like, pictures of my dad and myself playing football. I wouldn't really call it a man cave. Um, I don't, you know, we don't, we don't really have anything like that. Um, just a few like, pictures that. and stuff, but you gotta have like some cool artifacts though, right? Yeah. Like shoulder pads. Is there a helmet? Super Bowl ring? Did you, was your was your grandpa on a Super Bowl team? Yeah, he's got. There two. are there are. So he's passed, but my my uncles and my dad have some of the Super Bowl rings. So actually, he was kind of the. So he worked in the. This is when they had jobs in the off season because they didn't get paid that much. So he worked for Justin's which sold the Packers their first Super Bowl rings. So he like was kind of like 
the representative for that because he worked for the ring company. So we sold them the first rings. Um, and so we have <laughs> Super Bowl one and two. That's cool. And, yeah. That's and so the three championships before that. I'm only laughing because you can imagine like, here's the rings I won you. Yeah. Right. Right. I think he might have helped design. I don't know. I don't know for That's sure. That's cool. Yeah. But I, don't, I haven't seen them in a while, but he does have them. They're pretty cool. A lot smaller than today's Super Bowl rings, but. Definitely not as gaudy. Yeah. yeah. They're a little too much nowadays, but <laughs> they're so cool. I got to ask. I got to ask. Since you're at Northwestern and I live in Chicago, and this is the most annoying thing I have to hear. Do you consider Northwestern a Chicago school? It's in Evanston. I mean, I wouldn't say we're in Chicago, but I, I do think in a lot of ways we are Chicago's Big Ten team. I don't say we're in Chicago, but I think we're, we are Chicago's Big Ten team. I mean, we're the closest and we're the best, at least in football. And nobody so, likes Illinois. Yeah, right. True. Uh, that's our big rival. So I wouldn't say we're a Chicago school, but we're Chicago's Big Ten team. That's what I would say. We represent Chicago, but we're not in. We're not a Chicago school. That's fair. I I, I can accept that because yeah. what other football teams in Chicago? Robert right. Morris. Right. That's about it. So what What's your uh, favorite Chicago restaurant? Is ooh deep dish? I'm not a deep dish guy. Sorry, um, sauce. So there is this place that I've been that my parents uh, are kind of part owners of. It's called Peace Pizza. Uh, Portnoy did a, did a pizza review about it a couple weeks ago. Did he? Uh, yeah, he did actually. That's what pretty cool. He, I feel like he gave it. It was somewhere in the the low sevens, I think. Well, it's it's New Haven style, uh, which he oh, which he said I about think I've pizza. seen this one. Yeah, he said it's oh, it's not nothing near New Haven, but it's so yeah. good. Um, it wasn't crisp enough. It was floppy. Yeah, something like uh. that. Um, <laughs> but he still liked it, I think. But yeah, I he, think did, he did. He did. That's probably one of my favorite spots in Chicago. Um, I'm trying to think of anywhere else. I don't know. Um, there's this place called Honey Butter Fried Chicken. I don't know if you've ever been there. Um, it's on the north side. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's fried chicken, but they put this like honey butter on it. Um, it's really good. It's probably terrible for you, but it's still very good. Fuck it. Who cares? Where I'm going this week. <laughs> yeah. Honey butter. It's a little expensive though, actually. Don't um, care. Stimmy don't, just hit. Don't son. care. Don't <laughs> Stimmy hit. Stimmy hit. <laughs> it's definitely worth going. I wrote it down. Good. Good, Cub. I will definitely go somewhere and then Uber eats it since you guys are far from me. Uh, does your uh, does your uh, strength and conditioning coach Polo still fit? Yeah, Coach Spanos. He actually he. He does wear those uh those mediums a little bit, um, but I mean he's generally a, a jack dude. Like it's not just the shirt. No, he is jack. But yeah. Get him, get him a XL or something. Yeah, he likes wearing the tight clothes. Uh, he does. He's rarely got sleeves on, I would say. But he's actually a main South grad like myself. Um. But yeah, he's a good dude. I mean, the, the juice he has is real. It's not just what you see on like Sports Center on TV. He's always like, that. oh, that's just strength coach in general. They're all nuts. Well, he, if you text him, he only texts in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> Co- coach, why are you yelling? He's like, I'm not. That's just how he, everything he says. It doesn't matter what it is. All caps. That's hilarious. <laughs> 
Um, before we let you go, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask if you had a Pat Fitzgerald story because the Chicagoland, I think Illinois in general is, is smitten with Pat Fitzgerald. It's a good question. I don't want to, you don't, don't have don't to out him. Here. Yeah. Right. Um, I would just say he, I don't have a specific story, but he, he's definitely like one of the guys and he, and he loves to like joke around with people. Uh, so like he'll always just like call people out or like usually, you know, he has like, we have like a team meeting and at the end of the team meeting, he'll add like something and like, he'll just like roast some guy, like our, one of our like player personnel guys, he like put up some picture from like 10 years ago, this dude like in, in college, like, like a huge douche. And he's just like, Hey, look at this douche here. He's like, look at this guy. But he's, he's really funny. He's a, he's a great coach. Um, definitely a player's coach. And I think what kind of sets him apart is like, I feel like there's definitely coaches in college football who, who don't really know all their players. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if some coaches didn't know the names of all their players, but I think he, he knows all of us. He, he knows about all of us. Like he's not just like, just doesn't know more than just your name. And he'll take, he'll find the time to just like have a personal conversation with you, uh, which definitely sets him apart. Uh, even during the season, you know, like I was just walking out to practice one day and he just, he walked with me and just talking with me, asked me, how I was doing and how the season was going for me, which I think makes him a great coach and, you know, makes me love playing for him because uh, he's always got our interests in mind. Uh, but definitely one of the guys definitely likes to have fun and joke around, uh, which is great. I, I don't think I can get into too many personal stories. And, and I don't, and I definitely don't expect you to, but I mean, it's just, he is, he is a player's coach. Like you said, it shows so much through yeah. his appearances in the media that he is just a guy who cares so immensely about you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I will, there is, uh, there is one story I could probably share. So this is, uh, I think we were in camp and, you know, we do a little bit of running at the end of practice, um, just like stay in shape uh, during camp and just make sure our conditioning's up. So I think there was one day we were supposed to run like these, not really sprints, but just sort of like jogs up and down the field uh, just to help our conditioning. And it was a Saturday. So we had the next day off, the guys are in a good mood and practices are ending. And I'm sorry, my dad just walked in. Um, and practices are ending and uh, our strength coach is like, all right, guys, we're going to go run. And, and he, and coach was just like, Hey guys, you think we should run? And he's talking to us and, and we're all like, no, no. And he, he looks to the strength coach. He's like, he's like, no, we're not running. Get out of here. Like just messing with him. Uh, uh, but the guy was, you know, it was funny, but you know, he just likes to have a good time. And, all good fun, of course, but of course, of course. Does he still hate cell phones? I think so. He always talks about that and complains about uh, being on our phones. Uh, I was gonna say, does he like not allow you guys to bring your cell phones into like the meetings? Not real. I mean, I still bring my phone to meetings. He's not really in our position meetings, so he wouldn't know. But no one really goes on their phones in meetings just because. Duh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to wrap things up, but before we do that, we told you it's thick athletes month and, and that means something around here. We have a society, uh, a collection of thick athletes and, and we'd like to give you an invite, but y- you have to give us something first. And that is uh, a commandment to our thick laws right now. You're a, uh, you're a big guy, six, four, I would assume it's off season. You're probably up over 300 pounds at the moment. Um, do you have any laws to life about being a bigger guy? Oh man. Well, I don't know if you know about, I don't know if you've ever sat one of those, uh, 
those plastic beach, beach chairs that kind of lean back a little bit. I have. I, I say, don't, you can't sit in those because I've broken <laughs> about 20 of them in my life. I, I love that. That is such yeah. a unique one. Yeah. That is a different one. Just the feeling of sitting down and just hearing the crack. You're like, oh, God, got to get up. Especially, uh, I mean, especially if you have the ADD <laughs> aspect too, you start rocking back and you're like, oh, this is fun. And then conk and you're gone. Right, right. Um, that's a big no no. And then I can't think of anything else. I don't know. I, I would just say, like, I used to be a big swim shirt guy back in the day. <laughs> okay. I was so big, but uh, I always like people who wear swim shirts just because I know I've been there. Uh, and I, I don't, I try not to hate on those people, but that's definitely one thing I try to do just because well, I, I was one of those kids. So, like the white t shirt or like the actual swim shirts? No, like the actual swim shirt. Like Got the O'Neill branded swim yeah, shirts. Yeah. 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 That's fucking awesome, man. All right. Pete Skaransky, we would like to extend then an invitation to the Thick Athlete Society. If you join, uh, not only do you join the likes of, of many other thick statured athletes, Kendall Lamb. So many great guys, but you also get the ability to have us as your firing squad on, on Twitter, right? So if ever anybody comes at you in any way, shape or form on any form of social media, you tell us and we come after them for you. That's, that's the thick athlete society promise. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's, that's something I've I've always wanted to have in my corner. So not that I tweet very often anyways, but so, so can we say that you're a, a new member? I, I accept the invitation. I'm glad to be a part of it. What a, what a way to end Thick Athletes Month. Pete, thanks, <laughs> thanks so much for stopping by, man. We appreciate it, of, of course. And hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Um, we most likely won't talk to you before the start of football season. So good luck uh, this next season with Northwestern. We'll be cheering for you every Saturday. Sounds great. Appreciate it, guys. See you, Pete. See ya. All I got is missed calls on my line, yeah. Never seen a pick up right on time, yeah. If I don't call back, leave me alone. Please leave a message at the tone. All I got is missed calls on my line, yeah. Never seen a pick up right on time, yeah. If I don't call back, leave me alone. Please leave a message at the tone, yeah, 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 hey. That AT&T, yeah. never gonna answer me yeah. That thing you ping, yeah. I'ma pull up the thing Don't only get the thing Yeah, hey. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time Goodbye